simply unprofessional. It's evening. Uh, I spaced this week completely. My mind has not been here. It, it went on vacation without me. Um, I've forgotten so many things this week, including the day of the week that it was. Uh, and me and Rob, sadly, we did not record an SU uh, and, and get it posted and out on time. Uh, so I am going to be a day late. But I have two special guests with me, and we're going to be talking about a very fun and uh, newly loved topic of mine as well. Uh, I have Lex and Ryan joining me today. Hello! Hey! And we're going to be talking about the Owl House, um, (laughs) which is a Disney show, correct? It's Yes, on Disney Plus. Sadly, it was it was canceled. Unfortunately, I'm not even gonna lie, listeners. It it made me cry. Um, so right off the bat, I have a question. Okay. Dana Terrace. Yep. Was the executive producer. Mm-hmm. And they're the creator of the Owl House. Yeah, so uh, she basically created the whole story of it and directed it. Okay. Now, did 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 she did they write it too, or? Uh, I th- think so, but I'm not a hundred. Oh wait, actually, uh, I I'm guessing so. I know that they have like a team of writers. Um, so she created the Owl House, but she has historically been an animator, writer, and storyboard artist, director, producer, and voice actress. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> and. Uh... It's an animated show, and each episode, at least for seasons one and two, run about you know your your typical twenty twenty five minutes long, uh, and then season three, uh, for reasons that Lex you can go into, uh, is made up of three episodes that are roughly like forty five to fifty ish minutes long. Uh, they're like little mini movies, yeah. I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's just talk about what the Owl House is. Uh, I'll I'll let one of you two describe what it what what it is and what the premise of the show is. So the story of the Owl House uh, starts off in the human realm, where Luz is kind of in trouble at school. Uh, she has like a really creative and wild imagination, and she's just kind of like that weird outcast kid that just doesn't fit in. Um, and her principal is kind of telling her like, "Listen, you need to you need to start fitting in." So her mom is about to send her away to a summer camp that is forced to like teach her how to be kind of normal. Um, it's like a think inside the box camp. Um, and it's supposed to teach her things like accounting and normal conversation. Uh, when 
uh, a small little owl creature uh, takes the book that she just threw out, which is like her favorite book, and runs off with all the trash. So she goes and she chases the owl, and it takes her to a completely different realm, which is the demon realm, um, where everything is just, just a kind of, uh, not really the mystical magical world that you think of. It's kind of like the dark and the gritty side of it, while still being like funny and Disney, um, where it's got like (laughs) horrible monsters and toothy creatures and things that want to eat your skin. Um, and she realizes she's like, well... I don't really want to go to camp. I'll just hang out here. Uh, she meets Ida, the owl lady, who is a uh, highly wanted criminal um, for doing wild magic. And uh, long story short, they kind of go off into like this adventure trying to uh, uh, save the crown of power for their her king of demons who lives in her house. Yeah. And they just kind of realize that they are weirdos and they should stick together and that's kind of the premise of the show them sticking together um now it it's not really in typical disney fashion that the uh well it would be the protagonist right or like the heroes of the Mm -hmm. story that the protagonists are you know, like, highly wanted criminals, right? I don't think so. I'm trying to think of another case where... where Aladdin. Oh, well, I guess oh, Aladdin. Yeah, he was, was a little thief. Yeah. <laughs> he stole bread and stuff. He was a street rat. <laughs> yeah, he was a street rat. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, yeah, and then he kind of pretended to be a prince, and... I mean, technically, that's also a crime. I, I will say... Uh, the first time that you had me watch this was when you guys came up for the weekend. Yeah, and uh, I was taken aback. I, I when you first put it on, I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be one of those cutesy Disney shows that has something to do with owls." I guess mm-hmm. you know, because I knew nothing about this show. Uh-huh. I was very taken aback when they got to the demon realm. And some of the stuff that I saw, and just some of the voice lines, like mm-hmm. they aren't—I mean, they are child-friendly, but like in a very adult sense of humor sort of way. Yeah, like I feel like I—I I have more appreciation for this show being an adult than I would if I was a kid. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of. Like, a lot of the humor is just, like, it's just funny humor, but it's done so quickly sometimes that, like, you you would not catch it normally until you either watched it a couple of times, or, like, if you're, like, older, you kind of catch up on these things. Yeah. But, yeah. It's just, it's just funny show. I think that the show was originally targeted for, like, teenagers, so, like, that kind of fits, um... But, but yeah, because I think Luz is supposed to be, like, 14 in the show. Mm. Um, It's it's like teenage humor. Now, why did, why did it get canceled uh, originally? Um, Yeah, so, um, 
Originally, the Disney Channel did renew for season three, um, but then they revealed that it was going to be canceled and it would not continue beyond that. Um, so they kind of clarified the reason that is explained, and I'm going to read this from an article just so I don't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few business people who oversee what fit into the Disney brand, and one day, one of those guys decided the Owl House did not fit that brand. So, it was just one guy just said, yeah, this doesn't fit Disney. Wow. Which I think is BS. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, first of all, it's got, like, great hero characters. It tells a fantastic story. It tells a, um, like, it's just got, like, amazing world building. And why can't I remember the word for it? Um, The word for, like, when you, you are in that world. Immersive. immersive. It's an immersive story. It really is. Like, that's literally what Disney is completely about: is building these worlds and like making you feel like, hey, like you relate to these characters. These these are like stories that pull on your heartstrings, and like you're rooting for them. I will and, say this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, like, we're kind of at a place now where we. Like, we need shows like this who have, like, fantastic representation between LGBT plus, um, LGBTQ plus and neurodivergent communities. And this show has everything, and they just should not have canceled it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Now, I will say this. So, like, <clears throat> even going back to, like, old, old, old school Disney movies and Disney shows and stuff, I, I've... <sighs> I've usually always been the type of person where it's like, like my favorite Disney movie is Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And I get choked up at that movie. You know, there are, there are, there are, you know, scenes in that movie that, that, you know, I can feel like the water welling behind my eyes and, you know, I, I have mm-hmm. to hold back and like, it, it happens a lot with, with, with movies and shows for me. This movie or this show, this was a roller coaster for me. <laughs> All right, I don't know how many times we were watching episodes, and I was just like, oh, "Lex, what are you doing to me?" <laughs> you know, I found myself hating characters mm-hmm. and then rooting for those characters, mm-hmm. and then one of those characters became one of my favorite characters, <laughs> and. You know, there was times where, like, the show would only vaguely hint at something, and I'm sitting there like, so, I don't know if I want to give it away. Okay. Well, you could do a massive spoiler warning. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to insert this here. Spoiler warning. Okay, spoiler alert. I'm about to say something. So if you don't want to hear it, fast forward like 30 seconds after I'm done saying this sentence. Uh, But you should all go watch Owl House first off. But yeah, I'm going to spoil something. So fast forward 30 seconds. Loose and Amity. There are so Mm -hmm. many times that I was sitting there saying, Lex, when are they just going to get together? Like, (laughs) I just wanted it to happen then. Um, They got to build it up. I know, but damn. Uh... But yeah, it was just by by the time we watched the last episode, what was that? Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, 
That's what I was doing instead of recording SU. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the time we were watching the last episode, I was there was there was a time where I was like I was really choked up and and mm-hmm. trying not to cry. Uh, and then there was there was I remember there were certain times during that episode where like I didn't have that choked up feeling mm-hmm. and I was like invested in just staring at the screen, but I just, I felt streams of tears just coming out of my eyes. Like, yeah, you know, like I, I it was just involuntary at that point. Especially, especially towards like the last season, like yeah. the, the last, like there was the three movies. Yeah. That was, that was an emotional ride. And you were right when you, when you, when you explained it to me how like, by like midway through season two, things start to speed up a bit because mm-hmm. you know they they knew that they had limited amount of time to work with. Um, and then by like towards the end of season two, and then the last three episodes of season three, whew, it was like a rocket ship. Yep, it was just everything just kind of culminated and and came together, and and I'm just I'm happy that. I, I don't I don't exactly know how you quoted it the other night but like I'm sad that it got canceled. Yeah. I'm sad that there's not going to be more but I'm happy with how they ended it too. Yep. It, you know. It's a bittersweet thing because you love these characters and you love the story and you want nothing more than it to just continue. However, the way that they just they wrapped everything together and they completed the story was just perfect. There's there's no other way it could have gone but the way that it did. Yeah. And it's just like I don't want to touch it. Right. It's just so perfect. Yeah. Um all right, let's talk uh let's talk favorite characters real quick. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm going to start with Ryan on this one cuz I know Ryan has a very strong opinion on favorite well, characters. Everybody keeps telling me that <laughs> They they keep saying, "What's your favorite character?" And I tell them, and then they go, "Yeah, except for that." And I, I don't, I don't know what that means. Well, okay. So the reason why I said that the other night is because I feel like your favorite character, my favorite character, and then whoever's favorite character Ida might be, they're all givens. Like, I mean, you can't sure. help but love all all of them. Uh. So I, I guess I was more phrasing, at least the other night, I was more phrasing who's your who's your favorite like secondary character, like backup background character kind of thing. Like who's your favorite outside <clears throat> of the Owl House? Yeah, but this time I, I'm putting it all on the table, and I'm just saying who's your favorite character. Period. Well, it's got to be Hootie. Hootie. Okay, now why? Explain to us why, and explain to the listeners why Hootie is such a phenomenal character. Because I won't lie, there was times like, especially in season one, there were times where it was like, I hated Hootie because he just seemed like, yeah, that's like the annoying sibling that just you just want to go away. But then there's other times where it's like this character's the best. (laughs) Yeah. Hootie is just perfectly crafted. There are many elements of Hootie where if they all weren't there, it wouldn't work. Like, if if Hootie had a normal voice, 
wouldn't be nothing would be funny. <laughs> nothing that Hootie did would be funny. That is true. Um, if, if Hootie was just mounted on the door and wasn't a horrifying owl snake, <laughs> it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, I mean you're right. Right, like the uh, the fact that he can say something annoying, they can close the door, and then he can just come in through the window yeah. is funny. <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, you know. Uh, the fact that he can just take off his skin to dry it. That was the one part that I feel That's like hilarious. I probably could have done without. That was that was horrifying when I saw that. Uh like it's it's just all of the elements together. They're just they're just good. I love how he he, he eats everything that he's probably not supposed to. Yeah. You know. Um yeah, Hootie Hootie is it took a minute, and it didn't actually take too too long. But it definitely took a minute through this, through season one for Hootie to grow on me. But like, the longer they showed him, or the more often they showed him, the more appreciation I had for that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that they really made him like a legitimate thinking and feeling character, yeah. which yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah, and one of the biggest episodes. I mean. I, I think it's one of the biggest, just because there's like a lot of like, a lot of a lot of stuff happens in that episode because it's three different stories. But it's one of the most important episodes, in my opinion, and it completely revolves around Hootie. Like, uh, it's knock knock knocking on Hootie's door. In that episode, it's split into three things. Hootie's trying to help everyone in the Owl House. He's trying to help Ida sleep because she thinks that she needs to. She can't rest. She has to just keep getting stronger and better at magic. Um, and he forces her to sleep, and that sticks her with the owl beast. And then um, he tries to uh, figure out or what kind of demon King is, and uh, because he's going through demon puberty, and he's like teaching him all about like different kinds of demons to figure out which category he fits in. And then um, they wind up not being able to figure it out, uh, but that unlocks something else in King that's really great. And then. He tries to stick Luz and Amity together so that they can ask each other out, and it's just, it's just such like a good episode. Yeah, and I love the fact that, especially in that episode, all of the things seem to backfire in Hootie's mind, mm-hmm. and he feels like he's just failing at everything, but at the same time, he's inadvertently helping, which is what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Hootie is a great character. Uh, oh, I have another fun fact about Hootie. Okay. So, uh, Hootie's voice actor is Alex Hirsch, who's also the voice actor for King. Uh, when they were doing the readings for Hootie, they didn't really know what voice to give him, so he was like, oh, I'm just going to give him some like deranged Mickey Mouse voice. And they thought it was so funny. They're like, okay, well, you're doing that voice now. Like, I, ho- mm-hmm. I hope you remember how to do that, because that's Hootie's voice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what other stuff was he in? I feel like uh, he has a very distinct voice. Like I, I, I feel like I knew that voice. Uh, he does a lot of other things. He worked on Adventure Time. Uh, he created Gravity Falls, which is another great show we should watch. Um, uh, he did a lot. Let me look at him up. All right. Um. 
Oh, he was also the voice of Steve, I did not know. Flapjack. In season one. Gravity Falls. He was in Phineas and Ferb. Rick and Morty. Oh, he was the internet troll in We Bear Bears. Hmm. Yep. I loved We Bear Bears. It's a cute show, too. Yeah. So, okay, Ryan. So your your favorite character is Hootie. Do you have a favorite Hootie moment? Man, I don't know. It's kind of hard to pick. That is, there are a lot of them. I yes, I agree. Um, you also haven't rewatched it recently, so I don't know. I kind of like when he's eating all the bees. Okay, I'm helping yeah. Lilith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's right. getting stung by all the bees. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's it's the the best hootie moment, but that's that's what I'm thinking. That's immediately what I thought of. Oh, I have one. I also think he's very versatile in the fact that towards the end of the show, he travels via backpack. He's a little door on a backpack house. Yep. That's that's one of my favorite hootie moments. The yeah. first time he does that, where he comes out the door, and King Luce and uh, Lilith are like disgusted. Oh yeah, because of all the organs and stuff left. In the <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite Hootie moments. Uh, Hootie is one of those crazy, just like, you never know what they're going to do when they pop on the screen. Yeah. Uh, which I, I do think makes a very interesting character um, uh, concept. So, Hootie is a very good example of chaotic good. Yes. Yeah, you know what? That is, yeah, Hootie is probably the perfect example of chaotic good. In fact, you know, honestly, all three, all, all the residents of the Owl House are 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 great examples of chaotic good. Yeah, uh, but I definitely think Hootie's probably like the leader of of that of that alignment. I guess <laughs> um, he, he just wants to. He just wants to do. What's right, and you know, no matter what happens, yep. in his own hoodie way. Yeah. Uh, okay, Lex, who's your favorite character? I still think my favorite character is is Hunter. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, there's so much to love about all the other characters, but the way that his story progresses, I just like how that how that goes. He I mean, he was another character that I absolutely hated. Uh, <laughs> Like right from the get go, I I didn't like how he talked. I didn't like what he stood for. I I was like, oh god, you know, I hate this guy. Uh, and then he he's another one of those characters. He just kind of slowly grows on you. Yeah, um, I think so. Like, so yeah, he starts off. He's the golden guard. He's working for the emperor, and he's basically the right hand man. Um, the first episode. That you see him, like, he actually talks and has, like, a playing role. Um, it's kind of weird how he has, like, a sense of humor, even though he's supposed to be kind of, like, this big bad guy. Um, and he's, like, one of the only other characters. So, Ida has, like, when she says bye, she goes, bye! He's all He also says, says that, and it's just kind of funny. Uh, mm. Because it doesn't seem like he should, but he's not... He's serious, but, like, still playful. Because he's a kid. Right. Um... Um, and then there's kind of like this running joke where everybody says his voice is annoying. And he's like, why does everybody say that? Hmm. Um, but then like, as he progresses, like he has this whole, like trying to figure out who he actually is sort of thing, because it's not 
uh, what you think. And then there's kind of like this whole revelation in, I'll just say the name of the episode because I'm not going to talk about what happens in the episode. Okay. Um, I think it's Hollow Mind, which is a really turning point episode. Um, everything that happens in Hollow Mind is really what solidified um, why why I like that character because he kind of makes this switch where he's like, no, I'm going to be my own person, and like that development is is really great. Okay. Do you have a favorite Hunter moment? Um. So, yeah, um, there's a couple. So, I probably. One of my favorites is in, like, one of the last three episodes where he's in the human realm and he's kind of, like, um, I don't even know. Uh, he's he's working on, on his sewing because Darius in one, in the covens was, uh, like, to sew. And he's trying to kind of make Darius proud. He's almost always trying to make Darius proud. But he finds wolves and he's like wolves are like this mythical creature and they're just so cool and i love them and it's just like he's obsessed with wolves out of all of the animals and all of the creatures and all the mythical things in the demon realm wolves are his favorite thing and i just think it's so funny yeah well i mean to be fair i mean giraffes that's all i'm going to say <laughs> that's that's all i'm going to say yeah uh that i will say that took me off guard the giraffe thing. <laughs> uh, um, can you two guess who my favorite character is? Well, I already know. Well, my favorite well, favorite. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know who your favorite favorite character is. All right. What about you? Ryan? I'm guessing, but Ryan, you guess first. I, I think I already know. Also. All right. Who do you think it is? It's Amity, right? It's King. Oh, so it's King. King. Yeah, mm. Amity's my favorite. Like. I guess non owl house character, if that uh, may, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, King is my favorite character. I I love King so much. Um, it's it's really hard to pick out like any particular scene that I loved him in more than any other. But I just I love his like demeanor where he's like the king of the demons and he's all about destruction and mayhem and this, that, and the other thing. And then somebody will just pick him up or tickle him and he'll just squeal and start laughing. <laughs> you know, uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's just the most adorable. I, I, you know, for a long time I was like, is he a cat? Is he a, like, is he some sort of weird raccoon creature with, 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 with a skull helmet? And then I was just like, he's just a furry Cubone. That's what I'm going to call him from <laughs> now on. Yeah. Um, and I just, he's a, an adorable character. I love him. Yeah. He's a really good character. And then, yeah, Amity is my favorite, like, backup, like, back, uh, like, secondary character, I guess. I don't know how, I don't know how to describe, like, the, the friend, the, the friend group. Like, they're, they're not necessarily, like, they don't start off main characters, but they mm -hmm. kind of grow to all become main characters. Yeah, towards the end. Yeah. Um, but Amity was one of those characters that I also started off, like, just disliking. Um, but and, and that's not hard to do, because, I mean, in the very first episode she's in, 
she's causing witch drama. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, she very, very quickly just certain things start to unfold. And you're like, oh, okay. All right. And then she just, oh, she became one of my favorite characters. So. I'm glad because of also how short the show is that they took a character that was kind of set out to be kind of like an antagonist and very quickly she kind of like warmed up and became like their friend. Yeah. Basha, on the other hand. Yeah, no. Forget Basha. Yeah. Wouldn't mind <laughs> holding her head underwater until the bubble stopped. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> What? Well, Polo Kikimura. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't like Baja at all. All three of her uh-huh. stupid looking eyes. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> um, who's your, who? okay, who's your guys' least, obviously my least favorite character is Baja. Uh, least favorite as in like, I don't like what this character stands for, or least favorite as, yeah, this character rubbed me the wrong way. Both. Like, just all of it um, to get just the character that you just, when they're on the screen, you're like, oh, God. You know, yeah, okay, yeah, Kikimura. Okay, yeah. Th- that's the one with the hand thing on her head, right? Yeah. Yeah. For, like, she's supposed to be set up as, like, a villain, and, like, I, I get, like, everything that she does. It's just not really, like, there like it doesn't always have the effect that she wants it to and like kind of like brush past her all the time like she wants to be more evil than she actually is and it just kind of is just like eh like you're not really an obstacle right what about you Ryan do you have a do you have a least favorite character that when you watch the show you're just like ah jeez get off the screen man you know I this is hard um I mean, I, I think that the, the couple of times... I, my brain's not working today with the pig. Oh, I was oh. going to say, he's my second least favorite character. Tibbles. Tibbles, yeah. But, like, yeah, so, like, those parts are kind of just like, yeah, okay. But, but then, then, I'm going to say something real controversial here. Oh, boy. Not in a negative way, but Gus does nothing for me. Uh, okay. I just think he's boring. Okay. He 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 definitely is one of those like I don't hate him. I just yeah, you know he's just not as exciting as everyone else. I think right. But he's a he's an illusions master. Yeah, but like it's it's a it's just it's illusions. I think my favorite part of Gus is just how fascinated he is with all things human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean that's probably the best part. Yeah, it's like, just like everybody else. Clip and he'll be like, "Oh, what does this do?" It's like, "Hey, man, that's yeah. a paperclip." <laughs> everybody else just kind of has like this more compelling background going on, like loose learning to use glyphs, and you know, my brain is dying. My brain is dying. Okay, describe. Hold on. Willow. Willow. Uh, Willow, you know, having to pull an Elsa or else she's going to literally turn into poison ivy. 
um well are you forget do you remember the episode where gus puts an illusion all over the whole school well yeah but there there's that but like i I don't i don't know how to describe it it's just not as exciting okay So, so you're not you're not an illusionist uh and like school kid, like you know, Amity has to overcome her mom and okay, and her friends being bullies, and you know, and all that, and like, and and Gus's Gus's obstacle is anxiety and people pleasing. Yeah, Gus wants his dad to be proud of him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just it's it's just it's very neutral for me. But I mean, he's he's a good character. You know, I, I, I he rounds out the group from, but. for sure. Like you wanted more for him. Yeah, which there may have been. You know, if there was more episodes. Yeah. But. You know, you know what character I actually like. I grew for an, an appreciation for fairly quickly. That when like the first episode I saw them in, I was just like. I don't know how I'm gonna feel about this character, honestly. But then the more I saw them, I was just I had more of an appreciation. Uh is Rain. Yeah. I like Rain. Um yeah. I, 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 I I I'm not gonna say I disliked Rain when I first saw them, but like I was just like, okay, this is just this is gonna be another filler character. And so it wasn't. Yeah, and like what's kind of interesting about Rain is that the way that they built up their story is they kind of give you like little pieces and then like the whole thing snaps together and it's just like, oh. Yeah. Uh I'll say this this show does that very well, period. Yeah. Um I was surprised with how Overall, how little bit of time they really had to tell the stories, but how quickly you become so invested in the story, the characters, um, like you wouldn't think like, oh yeah, it, like if you came to me and you said, oh yeah, there's three seasons to this, but the last season's only three episodes long, and most of the episodes are only 20 minutes long. I wouldn't honestly feel like I had enough time to get invested in the show mm-hmm. um, or become invested in the characters' plots. It just, in my mind, it just doesn't feel like that's enough time. But, oh, man, was I wrong. Mm-hmm. I was very, very wrong. <laughs> uh, Every time I think about rewatching this, the show, I kind of think I'm like, okay, well, if the story doesn't really pick up until the end of season one and then carry to like season two to three, then I'm like, okay, well, how important is season one? But then I kind of am going through the episodes and I'm like, there's, I don't think there's a single episode you could cut because they all tell something, they all add something to the story, even yeah. if it's not on the surface. Yeah, right. The only one I can think of is the body swap episode? Yeah, but, but even so then, too. <laughs> it has my fa- one of my favorite lines in the show. Uh, wait, which line was that? Was that one of the pebbles uh, lines you mentioned? Kind of. Uh, so it's kind of at the beginning where they're kind of talking about how each other has it so easy, and somebody says to King, "He's like, oh well, like, 
like, your, your life's easy because, like, everybody treats you like a dang baby all the time. He goes, like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm not a baby. <laughs> and he's like, my life is a living nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's another reason I like King so much is because, of, like, a lot of his, a lot of the things that he does reminds me of Pebbles. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just his overall attitude. Uh, yeah. And how he always yeah. crawled into Edith's hair. And Luce's hood. And Luce's hood. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very Pebbles energy. Yeah. Well, I, I think that we have to actually appreciate Philip as a character. <laughs> because it Who? is very hard. Philip. Who? Mm hmm. You're hooing me just to, to, to not talk about it? No. Go ahead. I hate Philip. <laughs> okay, not not as a not as a character, but it is very hard to make a villain. Evidently, in any media for kids or for adults, who is irredeemably evil and not corny as hell. That is true. Yeah. So you have to appreciate Philip. And I do like the twists that they did on some of on, on the Philip story arcs and stuff. Yeah, like <clears throat> you know, other other Disney shows and everything, the villain comes around or something, or like you know. I mean, not all of them. I mean, no, but like, gets turned into calamari. Yeah, but that's the source material. I'm talking about like. You know, Disney Channel movies and like oh, yeah. other things for kids. The villain comes around or, you know, they become friends yes. and they see the error of their ways. Yep. Yeah. Dude literally turned himself into friggin' liquid. He turned himself into goopy goop. Yeah. For his ambitions. Yep. Oh, I'm, I don't know if I want to talk about it because <laughs> it's like a massive spoiler. Okay. But spoiler I guess we're. At this point of the video, we've already spoiled so much, and we have to get people to watch it anyway. But, um, something gets brought up in one of the last episodes about, um, like, Luz is kind of conflicted, where she's like, uh, the, if the evil person just wants, I can't even remember what I'm trying to say, but, um, however she phrases it, it's basically like, well, technically, both sides of the argument want the same thing. So doesn't that just make us just as bad as the evil person? And he, um, the other character explains, like, well, no, it's all about, like, who has good intentions? And, like, don't don't go down that path. Like, that's, like, you're, you're not evil. It's it, You have better intentions than them. And I feel like that that is something that comes up a lot in D&D all the damn time. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what I'm always saying about alignment. There's no such thing as alignment. You're either neutral or you're not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Everybody I mean, believes everybody's... that they're doing the right thing. I mean, there's that thing, too, where everybody, you know, what they say about villains is, you know, every villain thinks they're the hero of their own story, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. Um... So it's really a, a matter of perspective, I guess. Like, you know, 
but yeah, I, I do. I, I that does come up a lot in D and D. I try to put that into our D and D games quite a bit. Like, I have sections of our D and D games where it's like, it's almost like me trying to teach some sort of moral. Um. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like a a lesson, and and I segment them into lessons. Uh, and see kind of who picks up on that. Um, you know, the whole, like, I, I can't even think of an example right now. My brain is just, I think I'm having a Ryan moment. My brain is just shutting off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I try to put moral things into the D&D games because, when people build their D&D characters, especially some of their first D&D characters, and you're learning how to roleplay with them and stuff, they are a lot like you, or a lot like who you want to be in your head kind of thing. And I think it's interesting to see where people's red buttons are as far as like the line that they won't cross to do something that is needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, like with, with Rainia and having to, to work with the hags, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was, that was, that, that seemed like it was a very difficult decision, both for Rainia and you to make. Yeah. You know? Um, and I mean, that's one of those things too, where like, if you ever come, if you ever come across those that that hag or or their covens again, uh, and they're doing, you know, bad stuff. I mean, now you guys are far more powerful than you were before. Yeah. You guys might just decide, you know what? I'm we're just going to take you guys and wipe you off the face of this planet now. Like. I mean, at this point. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I will say by the end of this show, I was already, I was already talking to Lex about the different D and D ideas I had because mm-hmm, I'm this, sure this this show got my D and D brain into overdrive. <laughs> I was telling her how I, I want I'm going to create a class um, for like glyphs, like a glyph master class. Um, yeah, I want to play that so bad. <laughs> Sounds like somebody who needs to buy a lot of paper. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I mean, in the show, they also show you they you can like draw it in the on sand the, and yeah, dirt on the dirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can use your resources. Yeah, yeah but I mean, as far as a battle goes, I mean, also I feel like, like they'd have to be pre yeah pre prepared because. But also, yeah, like, uh, like in Supernatural too, because they use kind of like glyphs and stuff to like. Uh, banish demons and angels and stuff in that show but like they'll like draw the sigils and stuff on like a wall with their like with their own blood and True. Then, and then they just slap their hand in the middle of it and it activates the sigil you know so a- any 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 form of being able to write or draw the glyph i mean i suppose you could activate it so yeah, I mean, I guess there's technically a, enough of them for that. 
Well, there's also combinations, and you can also do like arcana checks to figure out if you come up with new combinations in your downtime. Just the base types. Right. There's probably enough. The thing is, too, it would be a... I feel like it would be like a spellcasting class that doesn't actually utilize spell slots. Yeah. I mean, it's just as much paper as you have prepared. Yeah. You know, it would, it would almost be like the old school, like in, in second edition, uh, when wizards bought their spell books, you actually had to buy pages for your spell books. So, like, if you bought a spell book that only had 10 pages in it and you never got more paper or you were somewhere where you couldn't get more paper, I mean, you could only learn, you know, a spell per page. So, mm. uh, until you got to a place where you could either acquire more paper to bind into your spell book, so you could actually start learning more spells, you know, so it, it'd be like an ammo thing where it's like you have to keep track of how much paper you have on you. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know. I have yeah, I mean, on the. Ideas now. On the wiki, there's a list of like the 30 some odd spells that you know they actually casted with glyphs. Say what? So uh, there's a there's a wiki and there's like a list of like 30 some odd combinations that they did, and like all. I want to see this. I will send it to you. Uh, Or I'll just put it in the in the chat. And just scroll down to known spells. So then, like, there's already, like, a whole spell list there. And then you can branch off of that. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot. (laughs) Some of them have descriptions. Some of them don't. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Hmm. Not even all of them are also uh, glyphs. Because, like, the Everlasting Oath wasn't a glyph either. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this is just known spells. So, so you'd I have mean, to... the Moonlight Conjuring is there, and... Well, and, yeah, like, the Moonlight Conjuring had, like, a chant. Yeah. So you'd have to sort through this, but there's probably ways to still do them. Like, if... I'm, I'm sure there's probably some sort of combination to create abominations. If one of the combinations created, like... A monster portal. Yeah. Right, yeah. But you could just make that combination. Yeah. You know, it could just be like, you know, Earth life or something. You know, in theory. Now, I have a question. Mm-hmm. And I... I... I don't know how I don't know how or if you'll be able to answer this without any type of spoilers. Okay. <clears throat> Obviously this 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 show is full of like we have the human. You know, until you get back into the human realm then there's more humans, but you know, loose is loose the human. And then obviously you have several witches. What exactly is 
a Grimwalker? Um, like what makes a... the Grimwalker, I guess, different? So that's a good question. Um, there is in the show they do show a page of I think what the recipe is for making a Grimwalker. That's what I'm looking for. Um, to see if there's like an exact explanation. Um, but basically it's a sort of clone um, that you can create using magic that you essentially grow a clone of a person and depending on how close you get the recipe, the closer they'll look to the person and act like the person. Uh, but they should still have the same sort of personality and inevitably they'll probably make the same decisions because they're the same person. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can find the Grimwalker recipe. Uh, according to this, uh, I don't know how how accurate this really is, but it says the term Grim appears in terms such as Grim Reaper, who is basically the god of the dead, or the Grim, which is an omen of death in the Harry Potter series, and the Owl House uh, has very obvious Harry Potter references sometimes. Uh, so basically a Grimwalker is just a clone of a dead person. Yep. Um, the recipe is apparently a Gawler stone, which they, it's a, basically it's a stone that can enhance your magical abilities. Um, palestrum wood for keratin, um, stone sleeper lungs, and selkidama scales, and bone of ortet. And then that just kind of grows a clone. Yep. All right then. Um, I don't necessarily know that I have any other. Oh, there's one more other thing. Uh, I don't know if they're technically human or if they're technically a witch, but they don't have a bile sack and can't. They can sometimes do magic because I think the Golderstone, but they don't always have magic. Right. Oh, that's another important thing to to point out too is like the Palisman's have innate magic that can give magic to their their wielders. wielders. Yeah. So I have a final question. Okay. I like What questions. would what would everyone's palisman be? Oh man, mine would be a little tiny baby panda. That's what I thought. You goat. No. I forgot your guys were easy and I did not actually have an answer. Um <laughs> Backfire. Probably, on one hand, I'd want probably some sort of like mythical creature because that would be cool as heck. But it would probably be a bat. I will say, if mine was not a panda and I had to choose like a myth mythological creature or a mystical creature, I would probably choose a phoenix. Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, phoenixes are probably one of my favorite mythological creatures. There's so. just too many cool answers. Yeah. yeah. I really don't know. 
Well, you just have to have a spaghetti shapeshifter. Yeah. And you can have all the animals. You know what the real answer is, though, for the palisman? Hmm. Is I think I would do what Luce did and just carve an egg. <laughs> and then let the egg hatch and choose and let it choose what it is. That's a good answer. I just have Hootie as a palisman. It's a really long, wiggly staff. Uh, imagine <laughs> just having a staff with like the hoodie head on the end, and then when it does like animate, it just like extends your staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay. Oh, I did this show. I will say, the person that Luce talks to at the at the very end, mm-hmm. in that weird like cube realm thing. Huh? Uh, not saying who they are, but they had a hoodie coming out of their eye. I know, and I want to know what the explanation is for that, and I have no idea. Yeah. So, Maybe they're just parasites that live on that type of creature. It would make sense. Maybe Hootie's just the biggest parasite? and last parasite. Yeah, I mean... A worm. I need to know. Yeah. So. All right. Well, do you do you guys have anything else? Any final thoughts or questions that you have about the Owl House? I Everyone... loved. I loved this show. This, this this so quickly became one of my favorite shows. I think. So. This is so much my favorite show that I am getting a tattoo of. The Echo Mouse from the show. Nice. And I cannot wait. Is Ryan going to get a hoodie tattoo? I, I haven't found anything that I feel strongly enough about for it to be on my body permanently yet. Hold on. I would have gotten Flapjack that, if. That face, Ryan. That face. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's pretty great. That's true. Uh, now you're making, gotten... you, you see, you're, you're making a rug, right, Lex? I am. That's of, the face. Of that face. Of the grinning face. Yeah. Yeah. It's in progress. I just haven't been well enough to actually tuft it. I don't know. I'm a big fan of the other face. What other face? Uh, face. Now we need to know. The the oh, where his mouth just drops open. Uh, this big fan of this face. Oh, oh okay. Oh, hootie. Good character. <laughs> Everybody in this chat who hasn't seen Owl House is going to be like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I found a whole found a whole gallery of Hootie Face. Oh, boy. Oh, look at that. <laughs> the many faces of Hootie. Okay, last question, because this is going to be a visual question. So the listeners, well, out of luck. Uh, right now, in this current moment, which Hootie Face 
would you be, letter and number? Uh, right now. Uh, E5. I was, oh, I was just looking at that one for you. <laughs> That's cool. I was going to say E4. E4, okay. I'm okay. I'm starting right, to get a little peckish, but, but I'm okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, I don't know what's happening in C five, but I'm 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 up there with C five. I think I know where that is. Okay, is he about it's to eat the... something? No, he's um chucking out uh fire potions like a oh, bazooka. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so not C five for me then. I'm looking for one that maybe looks like. They're hungry. Some hungry. Hungry? C2 for sure. C2? Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm C2 then. (laughs) (sighs) I'm I'm starving to death. Uh, I'm withering away to nothing. I just found a 59-inch hoodie pillow on eBay. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That is a big pillow. It's only $43. Wait, okay, is it a, just a hoodie face and it's a big round pillow, or is it a long hoodie worm It's a pillow? snake. Oh, it's God. It's a snake. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a bad influence on Webby. Oh, God. Bird worm. They, they, have a, they have a 22-inch version, too, but why would you do that? 59-inch you know, hoodie. Honestly, you know what they should do? You know those neck pillows that people take on airplanes? Oh, oh yes, I do, and they do have those. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be a great neck pillow. Uh, okay. Well, I, I'm pretty sure that that I think that's all the questions and stuff that I have. Uh, so I guess we're gonna wrap up there. We don't have Rob with us today because Rob is still sleeping. <laughs> uh, Rob has not been waking up until like. 3 to 4 p.m. lately. Well, so, he is a sleepy guy. Yeah, well, he, he also goes to bed at like 6 a.m. So, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know uh-huh. about him. Um, so, we do not have a science corner unless one of you have some sort of weird science fact to give us. I know the water's wet. That is true. And now, here's a question, though. Is water wet, or is it just the absence of dryness? Um, I'm pretty sure it's wet. Okay, that's fair. I just tried to sound smart there. I don't think it worked. So, uh, do either of you have life advice? Because we also don't have Devin. Uh, you should really watch the Owl House. That is, it'll change your life. Phenomenal life advice. Uh, okay. Well, uh, let's see, Ryan. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to? They want to reach out and say hi. Uh, I've kind of been hiding for like a month and a half. Eventually, I will stream on Twitch. My username is Krimtastic. But. Okay. Right now, you will be disappointed. I'm sorry. 
just he's hiding. Yep. Okay. Lex, what about you? Twitch and YouTube, Ursula's Revenge. Spelled right. fully, both words. Uh, and as always, everybody, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch at DM Webby. Uh, and we thank you for listening to our episode today on the Owl House. And thank you both for joining me today on the episode. Sure. Thanks for letting me talk about the Owl Heck House. Yeah, thanks for introducing me to the Owl House. You're welcome. It changed your life. You're now the Owl Lady to me. Oh, yeah. So, which makes Ryan your hoodie, I guess. Uh, okay thanks thank everybody for for watching and listening not watching this isn't a freaking video uh and as always fuck booster gold bye bye Is it like spoiler related?